read in the text, uh, the angel asks Jacob about his name. Asks about his name. He does it. He says, he asks you, what is, what is your name? And luckily he, well, not luckily, but he, he truthfully says, it's Jacob, which is, as I mentioned, means deceiver, supplanter. And what the angel knew is that Jacob was born, he was holding onto Esau's, uh, his brother's heels when he came out, right? He was the upsetter. He grew up and deceitfully unseated him from his birthright. He took that birthright to run from with, with some help of his mom. I will, I will put that out there. He gets a lot of flack, but his mom kind of helped him and pushed in that direction, I will say. But, but it, to his friends, if you think about it, the friends that knew Jacob, they knew that he, had, he saw that he got all these blessings, but they knew the customs of the time. They knew that he wasn't the firstborn. He wasn't supposed to get the birthright. So all of a sudden, Jacob has all these things of what his father was giving him. They're like, hey, what? You're, not, you're not that person, right? He gets that name, deceiver and supplanter, because it was obvious. He, some way he, he got in his way, and he stole that way into it. We also see at this point in time, when he talks to the angel, right, this is when they're finding out that, hey, your brother's going to come talk to you. We're going to go meet up with your brother. He's having this time like, okay, my brother's going to kill me. Like he's literally at that point, he's, he's sending animals ahead. He's sending his family ahead. He's sending everything to meet up with Esau. And because he's, you know, just send all these people. All of this belongs to you because he knew that Esau, he thought, was going to come after him. He was going to kill him. But it's in that moment that the angel of God told Jacob, no, no longer will your name be supplanter. No longer will the people that used to know about you, that's going to only be the case. They're not have all the, the bad history that you've heard of and all the people, what they know about you. The angel said, your name's going to be Israel. Your name is going to be Israel. You see, when the Bible, when God changes a name, it indicates that a, something new is happening on the inside or what will happen to that person. What will happen to that person? We saw that with Abraham and with Sarah. Genesis chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. I am El Shaddai, right? God, walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be no more called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Skipping down to, to verse 15, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son for ye. And also I will bless her, and she will be a mother of nations. A king and kings of people shall be from her. Abraham was once called Abram, meaning exalted father. But God said, no, you're not just going to be an exalted father. I have plans for you. He changed it to meaning the father of many, the father of many. Can you to the people that, you know, God, Abraham was telling his friends once again this, saying, God changed my name and all this happened. Like, you're going to be the father of many? You're how old? You have how many children? Right? The world doesn't understand those name changes. See, when God does that, the people, they, they doubt what's going on in their life. Just like what Abraham said, the God's like, I don't, I don't know if that's really, you're going to be the, the father of many when you're the father of zero right now. And you're like 90 years old. But God said, no, I'm changing your name because I have plans for you. I have something in your life that you're going to change this world forever. Sarah was once called Sarai, and God changed her name to Sarah, meaning a princess. She would be the mother of nations and kings. We even see in the Bible that, that the Jesus Christ himself gave Simon a new name, the new name Peter. I would say John may have been the beloved, but Peter got a new name. Like, that's, that's something, that you know, he may have loved him, but, yeah, that, that is something major that, that happens. So why do I bring all these up? Well, the thing is, these are not just nice stories that we read in the Bible. 
It's like, yeah, that, those are great, that happened. But no, they're not just nice stories. They've been purposefully given to us as an example to show us how God operates. The good news is it wasn't just back for today. It wasn't just back then. It's also the good news is for today. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you, unto your children, all to our far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You see, when we truly repent of our sins, when we take in his name in baptism, the mighty name of Jesus Christ is applied to our lives. We're identified identifying with him when we take on his name. That's why Jesus' name baptism is so important, Pastor. So many people just want to discount and say, well, you're baptized, you're baptized, that's fine. Like, yes, but the name, you're baptized in the name of Jesus. You're baptized, it, just in the, in the books of Acts, I didn't, sorry, Sister Ruth, I didn't give you this one. In Acts 19, I was, I was thinking about that. Um, when they asked, uh, Paul was talking with the disciples of John the Baptist, and he's like, you know, have you been baptized? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we've been baptized. Have you received since you, since you were baptized? It said, uh, this is the New Living Translation. Apostle, the Apostles was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked. No, we haven't even heard of this Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he said. And they replied, the baptism of John. Ah, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid their hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there's about 12 men in all. They were baptized, but they didn't have that name. The name, when God changes our name, it, it matters what name that we take on, amen? We're not just taking on the family name. We're not just taking on the name of my friend down the street. We're taking on the name that is above every name. We're taking on the name of that holds all power within his hands. That power gets applied to our lives. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, For ye are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you has believed into Christ, have put on Christ. Have put on Christ. We take on that name. God changes our name at that point. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and ye are heirs of the promise. We are heirs with him. When we take on that name, we become heirs with him. It doesn't matter, the scripture says, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. If you put on Christ, if you have taken his name today, then we are all one in Christ Jesus. There's no favoritism in God's kingdom. Some people want to say, well, there's, you know, we believe this, but you believe that. No, we, are, we are one with Christ. God's kingdom is no, God is no respecter of persons. And as such, we shouldn't be either as well. If God's given someone a new name, who are we to take it away from them? If someone's come and say, no, God has changed my life, we should say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, not prove it to me. No, we are not the ones that give salvation. That alone belongs in, their, in God's hands. That is God's and God's alone's. So when they take on that name, they take on that name of Jesus. We should never doubt that. Acts 4 and 12 says, for their salvation in what? 
in any other name. For there is none other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's how many names? One name. One faith, one baptism, one name. And that's the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every name. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, 7 through 12. This is Paul speaking of Jesus here. He says, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God said, every knee is going to bow. When you take on my name, it is my name that you take on. We are given that opportunity here today as well. We can see through this, we say the name, you know, we, we talked about it, we've sung about it, the name of Jesus. The name is not just a magic formula, though. I love this. I was reading the, one of the books by Brother Bernard called The New Birth. And he mentions, he says pretty good, it says, The sound waves reverberating from the spoken name do not remit sins or have special powers. There is power in the name because there's the authority that's behind the name. We see this in the book of Acts. Seven sons of the Jewish, uh, one of the Jewish chief priests tries to exercise a demon. They've heard the disciples and them going around using Jesus' name. They're like, well, we can do that. If, that, if that's what the formula, you do this, you say Jesus. No, we can do that. In Acts 18, 14 through 17, it says, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took them Took, uh, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. Come on over. The name of the Lord Jesus. We adjourn, and they said, we adjourn you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Even then of itself, we, we, we're talking about Jesus that Paul preached. We don't preach about him. We're not going to say it, but, but, but Paul preaches about him. And there were seven sons, a Jew of one of the uh, Sceva, a Jew a chief priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered, and he said unto them, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? But who are you? I know I have authority behind the name, but you don't have that authority. You're just don't, you don't believe in that name. You're just trying to use it for man. And they, they overtook them. The man in which the evil spirit left on them overcame them and prevailed against them. They ran out of the house naked and wounded because they didn't understand the power that was behind the name. They didn't understand to have the faith in the name that, that they're exercising it by whose authority they were trying to use it against. This was known to all the Jews and the Greeks which dwelled in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Even in, the, even in their messing up, they're going and telling people, we tried to do it and nothing happened. Like, yeah. Because we understand that the Lord Jesus, only him and him alone, those that preach him in fullness and truth can understand that. To give overcoming life. The men lacked the authority. We have to have that same faith when we pray. You hear us say, you know, we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not saying in, in a magical incantation, you know, it's knowing God in full authority we claim your healing. In full authority, we claim peace in lives. In full authority, we claim healing, Lord God, that you and you alone can do. Because it's not going to be through the name of Jake. It's not going to be through the name of Melissa. Those names don't mean anything. They have no power behind them. But God holds all power. Amen. Can we clap our hands unto him this morning? Thank you, Lord, for the authority in your name, God. Thank you, Lord, for the authority, Lord Jesus, that you give. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Furthermore, once we take on that name, once we are baptized in it and we have the baptismal tank, I don't know if it's ready to go or not, but we have water. I'm not depending on the, the quality of the water, but we have water. We take on that name in baptism, which we can do today. You can receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. You can receive it before baptism as well. You can receive it as well, but it's necessary nonetheless. And that Holy Spirit, it gives us the power to live an overcoming life. It gives the power to live, to overcome, see. See, when, when God changes your name, we're not meant to live the same way that we were before. When we have an encounter with him and we've changed our name, we can't go back to the same things we always used to do. God said, you have my name now. You have my name. You can over those things that you used to have trouble with. You can overcome those now. Those things that you used to struggle with, those things that, that drag you down, you can be an overcomer through me. We don't walk the same way. We don't talk the same way that we did before. As my brother J.R. says, he said, that's B.C. That was before Christ. <laughs> All those things happened way back in the past in B.C. This was the old me. This is the new me. I have the power to fight back this morning, back against the attack of the enemy. And if you feel sometimes that you're constantly being attacked, if you feel that, that, that pressure that comes in, maybe check, when was the last time that I prayed? When was the last time that I spoke in tongues? When was the last time that I, that I had the Holy Ghost that gives us that power to fill it? It's like the oil dipstick, didn't it? It's a little low. <laughs> my, my spiritual man's feeling a little low this morning. You can have that, the power that gives that. I'm sure many of us in this room could testify to the fact that we're not the same people that we were before. I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony from this church of people that can say, I can show you the person I was back then, and you wouldn't even recognize them. You wouldn't know who they were today. People that knew you from the past, they, don't, they have a hard time. You, you, you changed. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's on purpose. <laughs> That's on purpose. The people that have become in contact with them, when God changes your name, he changes your life. He changes your destiny. And most importantly, he changes your destination. You're not going to the same place. We were all bound for a fiery hell at one point in our lives. Just because we were born into sin, because of what Adam did, we had the sin. And there's nothing of our own. There's nothing we could do to earn that salvation. But we, God changed and says, no, I have a new home for you. I have a new destination for you. I have a new walk for you that people are not going to know who you were before. You have a new name written down in glory. He changes our destination. That chance as well is being offered here today. All we have to do is respond to that call. The chance that will change your life forever. You'll no longer be the same person that you were. Paul stated this as much when he was talking to the church in Corinth. In Corinthians 1, 6, 9 through 11, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. He calls them out. You know it. I know it. Such were some of you. But, there's an important but right there. But, you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. 
just like it was, just like we're every each and every one of us that's received the Holy Ghost, that's been baptized, but such were some of you. You had that day. Maybe you were the town drunk. Maybe you were the druggie. Maybe you were the liar or the fornicator or the stealer. But God said, when I put your name, my name on you, you are washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've been given my spirit of God, and you are justified. That stuff is under the blood. That's when people bring up stuff from your past. You say, yeah, I did, but it's under the blood. I put it under the blood of God that covers all sin. It covers all sin. It doesn't matter what people called you in the past. A lot of people here, people like to put labels on us. They like to put labels, and those labels sometimes stick around for a long time. They stick around. You mess up one time in life, and people will hold you to it forever because that's what our carnal mind wants to do. Our carnal mind likes to bring others down to say, oh, I know that they're a liar. They're a cheater. They, yeah, because it makes us feel better. It's like, well, at least I'm not like them. God's like, you're totally missing the point. They are no longer what they used to be. They're no longer what you thought of them. You hold the grudge and you hold that against them. I no longer do that anymore. I see them as a new creation. I see them as a new child of God. Look at them through my eyes. Look at them and see what I see. When he puts on that new name, it's written down in glory. We no longer have those labels anymore. God changes all those things. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new again. It's like you get washed, you get a clean slate. God says, go ahead. Those things that are in the past, that's not you anymore. Those things that you used to do, that's not you. This is the new you. This is what they say the first day of the rest of your life. You get a clean slate to get to walk in the glory. It doesn't matter what our name meant before we were in Christ. It only matters what it is after. It only matters what comes after we come in Christ. The Bible says old things are passed away. All things become new. And if those people try to put those labels back on you, they don't fit anymore. They don't, they can't stick. They don't say, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm not who I used to be. I don't walk the same way I've been born again. And each and every one of us, if you haven't had the opportunity this morning, each and every one of us has that opportunity to have a name change. You know, you don't only have to go down to the DMV or the courthouse to be able to do it and go through all the public servants. God bless them. It can be a hassle. <laughs> We can go and you can have that name applied to your life that says, God, I don't like the person that I used to be. I don't like the person of where I am right now, God. But I know that you can apply your name. I'm given a chance this morning. Brother Jake says, hey, you have an opportunity to come to God. Come to him this morning. We all have that same opportunity. Whether you've been baptized, you received the Holy Ghost this morning. Maybe we're not as close as God as we used to be. Say, yeah, I've taken on your name, but, you know, maybe we haven't talked in a while. You know, if I take on somebody's name, my wife took on my name, we continually talk. We have that conversation. That keeps the relationship going. If she just took on my name and I never see her again, like, well, she's doing something with my name. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> Hopefully she's living up to the expectations of that name. <laughs> but when God applies that, he's like, you know, hey, I have some things for you. I have some expectations for you. Draw closer to me. Walk with me and I with you. We all stand this morning. As the musicians come, the praise singers come. 
When God changes your name, he gives you a new name that suits your new life as well. It suits your new life. In the book of Isaiah, when God is promising deliverance to Israel, he even mentioned of having the name of the Israelites changed to suit their blessing. Isaiah 6, 62, sorry, verse 1 through 4 says, Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory and you will be given a new name. You will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see. A splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. He said never again. Will you be called forsaken? Church, God is here this morning. He's saying to us today that never again will you be called forsaken. For I call you redeemed. God will say never more will you be called condemned. Because I call you justified. Never more will you be called worthless. Because I call you my beloved. Nevermore will you be called dirty, for I call you clean. I don't see you the same way that people see you. I don't see you the same way maybe that your parents see you. I don't see you the same way maybe that those that have cast you down underfoot. I don't see you the same way that have turned their backs on you. And you feel like you have no one else in the world. God says, I don't see you that way. I see you as my child. I've given you a new name. And with that name comes privileges. With that name comes peace. With that name comes confidence and love. God's calling you this morning. He's saying, if you open up your heart to me this morning, I will fill it. It doesn't matter if it's been broken into a million pieces. It doesn't matter if you can't even recognize the person that you've become. It doesn't matter. Because I call you by my name. If you felt the pull of God this morning, I'm going to invite us all just to come up to the altar. Invite us all to have a moment to pray this morning. Let's say, God, I want your name this morning. I want it to reply to me so that when I walk, I'm walking in your spirit. I'm walking in the confidence of your name. When I talk with other people, that name is applied to me, Lord. And I take it fully, wholeheartedly, unapologetically to your name this morning. I pray that you would come this morning. These altars are open. I pray that we would come and pray this morning. That God can apply your name. If you want to be baptized this morning, we have water here. If you haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning, this name, this God can apply his name to you. 
Would you come this morning? Would you come and pray before the Lord? Don't let another Sunday pass you by. Don't let another Sunday pass by and say, God, I wasn't given the opportunity. Maybe next time I'll do it. Today is your day. This is the hour that God wants to change your life. Let's pray before him this morning.